What's going on, everyone? This is EC Holmes back again with another podcast. As you can see, there's no video set up today doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be providing you guys some bonus content as I prepare for the next two episodes, which I'm very excited about. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. I'm pretty sure you're tired of hearing my voice only, so I'm doing two back-to-back interviews. I'm very, very excited about it. Um, but for now, what I'm going to do is let you guys tune into what my church is going through right now, uh, which is a series on evangelism in our Sunday school class. I serve as a deacon, and um, one of the things I do is teach every second Sunday of the month. And what I want you to do is to tune into a teaching that I did on redemption as it relates to the gospel and how that ought to shape our evangelism. You know, this is a podcast focused on the divinity of Christ and the Trinity, but it's all for the purpose of us growing in Christ, one, and then two, taking the gospel out into the world. So I hope this helps to shape your apologetic and your approach as you present the gospel to others. I hope that you're encouraged by this. And after you listen, if you guys would like more content like this moving forward, um, please let me know. You can go ahead and email us at thatdeitythough at gmail.com. I think we'll get started because it's already past 10:17. So, Randy, you want to open us up? We're looking at redemption today. Yep. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can come together as brothers. And when the sisters come in, the sisters as well in the faith, we thank you, God, for redeeming us. We thank you that it's a redemption that only you. Uh, could have done and we thank you for the benefits that we uh, get to live in so God you see as he uh, teaches us about what your word says about you redeeming us about uh, the concept of redemption um, have us uh, meditate on this as well as the other things that we're learning help us to live these things out um, when it comes to the application of them uh, work in our hearts today in Jesus name Amen, Amen. It's crazy how from week to week, numbers kind of fluctuate. (laughs) Last time, I guess it was a month ago, it was packed in here. Like, the door just kept opening. It was just flooding in here. The closer it gets to 11, the more people show up. Yeah, that's what it is. But it was like everyone was here. It was pretty dope. So um, I just wanted to start out with just a few questions, just because we've been in this series for, what, a month and a half? I think I taught the third message, Sunday school lesson on in the series. And then now this is my second time around, so it's at least been seven seven weeks or so. So um, I wanted to kind of engage more people about it because um, everyone hasn't been to every single one. I know you missed some probably. You probably missed some. But as far as how the series has gone, have you guys been encouraged by it? You know, has it? Has there been any light bulb moments? More of the dim bulb getting in getting brighter. brighter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it's because of a reminder. Yeah. Like we know a lot of these things, but we forget, yeah. and we go through our life learning things, and then we kind of, you know, make it our own because everyone has their own, you know, and you know, I mean, we do things differently, <clears throat> and so. Sometimes we forget about essential things, and then when we hear it again, it's like, oh, man, I can't believe. Like in sales, I learned so many different sales tactics. 
but I do things my own way like everybody else. And then there's different essential things that you need to do to secure a sale. And then when I hear it again and somebody giving a presentation, I'm like, man, I haven't done that in like the last two months. Like, no wonder why my numbers is down. <laughs> uh, and so it's always dope to be reminded at the same time. Um, has anyone been encouraged and motivated also to, to share Christ more? Has there been more interaction or not not so much? Come on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, makes it has made me want to, this summer, once it gets warmer, because I've been wanting to for the past couple of years, but I just haven't. Mm-hmm. Like, I, want, I want to get out, hit the street, and mm-hmm. you know, share the gospel. Yeah. And I would encourage it also, just like in normal conversation with people. I mean, I don't get out to the streets as often as I would like to. Um, and I know at, at work is different depending on where you work. <laughs> um, I've kind of pushed pushed the line a little bit when it came to that. Probably in sitting. Um, I haven't gone back yet, but when I was oh. there before, I mean, we had conversations for, I mean, there's been a couple times where it was over an hour conversation and there wasn't much work getting done. <laughs> but we were just like deep into, I mean, and with life insurance, you know, I'm talking to people about their death all the time. And so, especially when it comes down to someone not being able to afford it, you know, just making them know I'm comfortable with them saying no. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, the most important thing is not what you leave behind your family, but making sure you got yourself right with God so that, you know, when you do go, you, you know where you're going. You can look forward to it. You don't have to be afraid of death. I mean, you're already afraid of not being able to leave money behind to pay for your funeral. But there's something far more important. Um, so for me, I have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to that, just because I'm already in the conversation. But um, I just wanted to ask those questions because we have to remember what this is about. You know, we're not just here just trying to retain knowledge. We're trying to learn, and uh, we want to prepare ourselves for gospel work. You know what I mean? And so we want to study to show ourselves approved, and we want to be a suitable witness for God in Christ, uh, for the riches of God in Christ. And um, so we want to represent Him well. And one thing that's for sure, the Jehovah's Witnesses are preparing. And they know exactly what we're going to say when they mention something. They already know what verses that we might run to. And so they're preparing already. They already have a response. Um, they don't even have to study themselves. They can just go to jw.org and they say Christians usually go to John 1. So when they go here, this is how you respond. They're preparing. And they come knocking at your door. You know what I mean? The, the um, Hebrew Israelites, they're digging into the Old Testament especially. And one thing that Christians don't know about is the Old Testament. And so when they come with boldness and they come with confidence, they can easily lead a Christian astray because we don't go to the Old Testament as much as we should. So when they say certain things, we don't know how to, you know, how to push back. Um, But the big difference between us and them, right, by the grace of God, we have the truth. And it's not because we're better than them. It's not because we're smarter or anything like that. But it's simply because we have Christ and they don't. (laughs) But we want them to have Christ. And so we prepare to share Christ with others. And so as we continue in this series on evangelism, um, I want to peel back another layer. Um, I think I I taught on the person and the work of Christ, which is like so vast. I kind of did like a very like an aerial type view, just like looking down at just generally how that looks. Um, but we're going to zoom in today 
um, and be a little bit more detailed because we know Jesus died. You know what I mean? We know he stood in our place. We know that he reconciles man to God. But when we get into the details, we can better understand the significance of all of it. Um, and so is there something that better helps us understand the gravity of what can easily become a cliche, like terms like Jesus saves, right? Obviously, we know he does, but why? Why is it good news? Um, and so to explain it, uh, we're going to look at a theme that you find throughout the pages of Scripture. Um, somebody might ask, what's the Bible about? And if you say love, you're right. You know what I mean? If you said the glory of God, you will be right. <laughs> if you said the Bible was about Jesus, you will be right. But another theme that you see equally throughout the pages of Scripture is this theme of redemption. And so what does it mean? What does it tell us about Christ and ourselves? And one thing that's for sure, if the doctrine of redemption doesn't stir, stir your affections for Christ, nothing will. Nothing will. Um, if it doesn't lead you to dying daily and living for God as Lord of your life, also nothing will. And I know these are strong words, but it's important for us to understand what makes it that much more important for us to make plain as we do evangelism. We want them to know this concept of redemption. And so redemption is the core of the gospel. Redemption softens the heart of the wicked and opens the eyes of the blind. So consequently, if the message of redemption is absent from your presentation, so is Christ. If redemption is absent from your presentation, so is the gospel. Which brings us to the logical conclusion, if the message of redemption is absent from your presentation, so is hope, new life, and a chance for reconciliation between the person you're talking to and the God that they've sinned against. Um, and so to properly understand redemption, um, I just want to look at it in three parts. Um, obviously, redemption, right? What does it mean? Um, the redeemed. And then third is going to be the ransom and the redeemer. And so the act of redemption... That's what redemption is, the beneficiary of the action that will be the redeemed. And then we'll look at the most important piece, which is the, the ransom, which is the mechanism that brings all of it about to make it a complete action. And so these three will help us to better understand the gospel and to share Christ successfully. And when I say successfully, I mean faithfully. Like I said before, we want to give them the complete Christ. And so what are we talking about? So let's start with a definition. The English word redemption is derived from a Latin root word meaning to buy back. Thus meaning the liberation of any possession. It can be an object. It can be a person. Um, usually by payment of a ransom. Um, the Greek word means to loose and so to set free. The term is used from freeing from chains. Um, it can be used... Um, to free someone from slavery, you can use that word if you're talking about freeing someone from prison. Um, and so to redeem is to loose or to set free from the state of bondage. Um, now, I'm going to read through a bunch of verses. And so you're not really going to have too much time to turn. But you can turn to Psalm 107 because we'll read a good chunk of that. And um, I'm going to start at reading Exodus 6, 6, and then I'll jump to Psalm 107. So it says, say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Psalm 107, starting in verse two, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered 
and from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some eat in darkness and in shadow, in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. And so the verse says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But what is the redeemed of the Lord saying? Right? What are we to say? If you go back to verse 1 in the, in the same chapter, Psalm 107, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And so redemption flows from the steadfast, enduring love of God. This is an action that God does. That's why I was putting an emphasis on he did this and he did that. This is an action that God does. And what is bound, right, cannot become loose on its own. It has to be freed. A slave cannot free themselves or to use the Latin root meaning to buy something back. The person doing the buying is in control of what has been bought back, not what has been bought. And so this is a synergistic action um, out of pure love. That just means we don't participate in it. And so it's synergistic. And I say that because when we think about redemption, we have to realize that God was under no obligation, right? There's nothing in the universe that can be gained to God. Nothing in the universe has any value other than the value that God gives to it. Um, and there is no one that deserves his favor, no one, no one at all. Um, so when you think about it, it really blows your mind as far as this act that God does of redemption. And it blows your mind even more when you think about how he goes about making this redemption complete and how it's applied to us. Um, but just as a side note, to redeem isn't exclusive to God at the same time. Redemption must first be understood by God, however, as we look at God, considering what he has done. Um, he is the standard, and we are to reflect his perfect standard in the world. And so I want to acknowledge also that man, just like God, can be a redeemer, but not as it pertains to salvation, which of course is the prayer of our evangelistic efforts, right? That our efforts of bringing them the gospel will actually ultimately bring them to Christ by the Spirit of God. And so this, since this is really the theme of the series, I want to focus in on the context of redemption as it pertains to salvation, not just generally what redemption means. And so to redeem, how many of you guys had some kind of a ticket, right? And with that ticket, you were able to go and exchange it for something else, right? You were redeeming some kind of reward, right? And so when you think about it, it's to redeem a reward, right? There's a transaction that takes place. There's a valuable item given in return for something else. And that option is what's being redeemed, right? But it can only be loosed or freed for something in return, right? When you redeem something, you just can't get the item unless you give something else in return. So first, let's focus on the redeemed. Now that we know what redemption is kind of is as we get to these next two points we're going to be able to see the complete picture of what redemption is so let's focus on the redeemed now the redeemed is the object of redemption 
right? Which could be land, it could be animals, right? Um, nations could be redeemed and individual people. Again, since we're talking about the gospel and our focus is going to be, so our focus is going to be on people. So the object of redemption is you and me, right? It's you and I. And so thinking through the gospel really makes topics like this that much easier to understand or topics like this makes the gospel much easier to understand and to explain to others. And so the fact that we have been set free also presupposes a few things. I'm really just going to talk about two. But one thing that it presupposes is if we had to be free, then we must have been in bondage, <laughs> which is pretty simple, right? We were unable to free ourselves. We were unable to live lives pleasing to God, right? Or we would have been free. Um, we, would, we are completely dependent on another. And I'm just going to go through some verses. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, right? Well, who was dead in their trespasses and sin? There is none righteous, no, not one. <laughs> Someone might say none, like not one righteous person. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so how can this dilemma be reversed? It's reversed through this idea we find in scripture called redemption, right? You have to be redeemed. But you all right? <laughs> but you have to be redeemed. And redemption looks different in the world because you have the redemption like the comeback story, right? The person who let everyone down and they redeemed themselves by doing better the next time, right? That's not the biblical sense of redemption. Because before God, we can't redeem ourselves, right? He has made us alive together in Christ. That's another scripture. But who has been made alive together in Christ? Well, first of all, you got to look at the wording. You were made alive together in Christ. Well, who made you alive, right? But it's those who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Um, this is pretty much... The, the Romans road, right? right? This is the gospel that we must preach. It's the God that demonstrates his love and redemption, which begs the, que the question, why must man be redeemed? Another scripture, because the wages of sin <laughs> is death, right? And we were in bondage to our sin. Romans 6.16. 6, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as objects, um, anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. So when you're actually, you know, it's a tactic that's taught when you're sharing the gospel to go through the Romans road. Really, you're uncovering what redemption is. You're making them realize their sin. You're making them realize that it's Christ who saves us from our sin in exchange for his life. Right. There's new life given. There's this idea of redemption. Um, but how bad is this bondage? How bad is this bondage? Why is redemption necessary? Well, when we look at verses like Genesis 6, 5, it really gives us an idea of what that looks like. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's how much in bondage to sin that we are. And so only the pure and steadfast love of God can change this reality. So being redeemed presupposes our inability which should lead us to a very humbling response as believers and a very humble approach as we share Christ with others. The redeemed have no right to minister um, to someone from a place of pride as if we redeemed ourselves. Um, another factor is our new position. 
right? So the first thing it presupposes is that we were in bondage because we had to be set free, right? We're dependent on another, which is God. And then also our new position, um, the position of the one that has been redeemed. So two would be that we are owned by another, right? We have been purchased. Something was given in exchange for my life. We have been redeemed. And so I have a song on my last album called Freedom. I don't know if you guys ever heard that. But it'd be like, freedom. Yeah, I know we need that. I said we need that. Hey, yo, we need that freedom. Yeah, I know we need that. I said we need that. Hey, yo, we need that freedom. I pray the chains might fall and be loose from sin on the day he draws. To be bound by the love of the Father is to be free. That's the kind of freedom that we need, right? Being bound to God's love actually frees us up. Um, and so as we're redeemed and we're no longer in bondage to sin, we're no longer enslaved to our sin, we remain slaves, <laughs> right? But we relay, remain slaves to God at this time, at this point. So our freedom isn't, our freedom is now in being bound to God, not free unto ourselves, but free to live to God. Remember before, since we were bound by sin, we were unable to live to God. Um, we were unable to do it. Now, by the work of Christ and the indwelling spirit of God, we can now be pleasing to the one who redeems. And so while we have been freed from captivity of sin, um, while we have been freed from the captivity of sin, we remain slaves at the time, slaves bound by the love of God. As Romans 6 says, now we're slaves to righteousness instead of slaves to our sin. And so... Um, the one question I always bring up to Imani in the catechism, what's our only hope in life and death, right? That we are not our own, but we belong to God. While we're free, we belong to God at the same time. And so now we're God's property. We're redeemed. We're the possession of the Lord. We're the beloved of God. And why would we want anything less, right? Why would we want anything less for the world and so we share the gospel with them we share the message of redemption so that they can experience the redemption of god at the same that time that stop what's that kirk franklin so you said god's property that stop <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> and so now let's consider um what makes it all possible right we're talking about redemption we, we talked about the redeemed now let's consider the great exchange so what what valuable asset was given in exchange for us? I think everyone knows that, right? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> so the ransom that was given that was able to loose us unto God was Christ, right? And this is why I use the term mechanism because it means the agency or means by which an effect is produced or a purpose is accomplished. And I'm just going to run through some verses. You don't have to turn there. Um, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And here it is, verse 30. And because of him... You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Um, Hebrews 9, 12. He entered once and for all 
into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I think I got one more. Ephesians 1, 7 to 10. In him we have redemption, God bless you, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, and all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, the Redeemer and the Ransom, the Father and his Son, right? So, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, Redemption, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So God is redeeming more than man, right? God just re redeems man in a different way than he redeems, you know, all of creation is looking forward to the day that Christ returns. Because even creation will be brought back to, the, to its initial purpose. So redemption has been accomplished and secured in Christ, right? It's pretty obvious through those texts. The ransom and the redeemer, the groom that dies for his bride is raised to life and we look forward to the marriage supper in heaven. And there in heaven we'll see all three together, the redeemer, the redeemed and the ransom together for eternity. And so this is what we want for the world. This is why we share the gospel with others because salvation is found in no other, right? There's only one name under heaven of which man can be saved and reconciled to God and that name is Jesus no other ransom will be accepted, right? There's nothing else of value. It's either Jesus or our filthy rags. This is the message that the world needs to hear. It's, it's a sobering truth, but it's a truth that sets us free, right? And so let redemption be the, the theme of your presentation. And so why do we need to be redeemed and why we can't redeem ourselves needs to be a part of our presentation. Because of our sin, we can look forward to nothing but God's wrath. People need to know that when we're sharing the gospel with them. Um, there's no good news if there's not bad news, right? The bad news makes the good news good. Um, so deliverance is available to all who place their hope in Jesus, who is the ransom given to us by the God we offended. We need to be pointing those to the, the people to the ransom who is Christ. And so when you share the gospel, this is our example of the steadfast love of God when we're sharing this story of redemption about an item that had no value, yet God gave it all in exchange for this non-valuable object. You know what I mean? That's the plan of redemption that we see throughout the pages of Scripture. And uh, that's the gospel. That's what it looks like to evangelize, to highlight those different things, to point people to our utter hopelessness, then to point them to hope, right? And then to, to tell them this is how it happened. That's what changes our hearts. Like when you know that somebody stood in your place, that pricks your heart. That causes you to rethink things. Um, if it was just given in a different way, I'm not, I don't think it would be too attractive. You know, I don't think it would change people's heart too much if there was nothing that was on the line in exchange. Um, but at the same time, the gospel, um, the gospel is offensive. You know what I mean? Um, the gospel is also laughable to others. They look at the story as if 
it doesn't make sense. You know, why did he have to go through all of that? Um, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable that he redeemed. <laughs> and so that's what I have. Um, if you guys have anything to share, any questions, um, you can use that time now. It makes me think about when my car got totaled. Um, the insurance company said it was totaled and then it was no longer mine once I, I gave it up. And in order for me to get it back and get it fixed and then be mine again, I had to buy it back. And so I didn't think about it in a, like a redemption yeah. type of framework. But when we were talking, I was like, hey, that would. And the car was messed up? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> so it wasn't even valuable anymore and you had to buy it back yeah. <laughs> and then put money in it to fix it up. Yeah, but I knew the money that, that's different, but I knew that the money that I would get out of it in total and me buying it back and using that money to fix it up would be a little bit less. I mean, would be enough to, to fix it up and I wouldn't spend it. Um, but it makes me think of sanctification because it was all messed up. I bought it back and then I made it look harder. There you go. That's dope. It's not going for no. <laughs> Cars are they always depreciate, so they're going backwards. Yeah. They're backsliding. <laughs> so when we go to the arcade at the, the beach, they're playing games getting tickets. What's the point of getting tickets? To get a prize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Redeem the tickets and get something for it. Yeah. So that's a good way for even young kids to understand. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not, I guess you explained it, we're not worth any tickets. <laughs> yeah, the value is actually reversed, right? Yeah. Because when we have a ticket, it's a piece of paper. Yeah. It, it's not valuable other than the value that's given to it, um, which is the opposite because the item is valuable that you're exchanging it for. But when you look at redemption through the eyes or the lens of the scripture, you have the the ticket, which is Christ, which is infinitely valuable, being given in exchange for an item that has zero value, um, but God gives it value. Um, so it's pretty, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to us, but that shows the, the, the love of God. When we, when we look at love and the things that we think about, we look at it in an earthly sense and not through the lens of scripture. You know, God is love. Redemption has to be seen through how God interacts. And so we have to look at those things differently now as we view our interaction with each other. Um, so yeah, I think we should wrap it up. I need to practice these songs and my hands are cold, so that's not helpful when I play the guitar. <clears throat> All right, so let's pray. Um, Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for getting us here safely. And we pray for those who aren't here, that they're safe on the road. Um, Lord, I pray that you'll bless our service. I pray that you'll help us to be bold and to continue to study, to prepare ourselves to um, share um, redemption with the world, um, the story of redemption, the true story um, that you came to be exchanged for us, our life, for new life. Um, so, Lord, I pray that you will help us to do that. Um, give us more opportunities to do so. First, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
my voice behind bars Man, the unsung in the crosshairs The persecuted, we carrying the crosshair Nothing like the feeling overseas Where you lose your head for your faith on broken knees Meanwhile, the church in the West fall politically correct Landmines where we step We used to be 116 when we rap We used to be 116 to the death Well, if the shoe fits, what's the next step? Repent and stand firm to the last breath Well, until Christ returns, it's freedom I yearn Until we all burn with the fire required to change to aspire More than emotions, but we need that Freedom! We need that Let freedom ring from the homeless man to the seasoned king To the broken voice that no longer sings Who found it's not about things but about one thing And what's that? To be attached to the vine Yes, it wounds and it hurts but it's all in design So to your heart we align To bear much fruit your will not mine Yeah, they say I'm out of my mind To be a slave to God when you are inside See it through your third eye and be free from the walls Put up by that man in the sky But this man is alive And he's the author of your last breath I put my chips in the blood, that's my best bet The biggest chain is me If we think we can beat him And hey, yo, we need that freedom Man, I be stressed out with life So many things to overcome Break free I have to control everything. It's too hard to put faith in him. Break free. You just get fear. It just consumes. Just gotta get yeah. Break free. Man, anger gets me in a grip sometimes. You know I'm trying to break out of it. Now break free. I just haven't found the right church with the right preacher. Hey. Now break free. Time is money. This work schedule, man, is crazy. Break free. Man, I can't get down with all that theology stuff. I'm just trying to live my best life now. Now break free. Love of the Father